Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. If you'd like to turn in your, uh, turn in the, open the scriptures, you can go to Revelation 6 with me because we will be spending some time there. We'll be other scriptures while you're turning, uh, we were singing that we were, I was chuckling about how before the, uh, uh, before service, uh, when we were up here and we were singing that where it said that, uh, when the, uh, you know, my strength is failing or fa- failing that day and the day draws near, I, I, I said to the, uh, guitar players, you know, laughingly, you know, uh, that day that my strength is failing is already here. Because when I was out cleaning out my garage the other day, I found out that I couldn't pick up what I used to be able to. <laughs> but speaking of youth, I'm going to brag on my grandson. Yesterday, Alex pitched uh, for his baseball team. He has been, he was nominated by, then the first game they played yesterday, by the coaches of the other team to play, the, the team they played to play in the All-Star game. And he... Uh, Yesterday, he played first base for three innings, and then he went and he pitched for three innings, and he struck out some guys. And so he comes, you know, they had their little quick team meeting, and then we're standing there. You know, I'm standing there with Lita and with his, his dad and his brother and some friends, and as Alex comes walking up, so I said, well, how many Ks did you get? And, you know, that's the symbol they use for a strikeout. I said, how many K's did you get? And he goes, K's? (laughs) And I said, yeah, K's. How many K's did you get? He said, what's a K? I said, it's a strikeout. He goes, you mean an S-O? No, I mean a K. (laughs) And he said, well, like this. And his head coach was was just about to walk past, headed toward. And Lita said, ask your coach. So he said, okay. And he turns around, he says, coach, what's a K? And he goes, it's a strikeout, Alex. He goes, huh? He says, you know, when you put their rear back on the bench so they don't hit a ground ball with which we have been struggling to handle. And he goes, okay. He struck out five. In three innings, he struck out five. He did give up a home run. And one of his coaches said, that one was so far, that ball should have had a stewardess. Because it went, I mean, it way out there. I mean, that was one of those things where you throw your, oh, Lord, chased it down. It's fun watching kids play baseball. It really is. All right. Well, as I've said a few minutes ago, we've come to a tipping point where I believe we're ending our series on the gates of hell. We were laughing about it, how the push notification comes us up and says, join Independence Christian Center and Pastor Gavin for the gates of hell. <laughs> And then Doc says, well, at least it doesn't say at the gates of hell. (laughs) Uh, And we'll be moving on. Next week, we'll be talking about walking in resurrection power, if the Lord lets me. I'm I'm really looking forward to that because it's time. It it is time for us to really. we're, we're, We're getting it. We've got our night vision. We're finishing up with that today. So we know what's going on around us. We have confidence in our Father and we move forward. Everybody say amen. But doing the word's no longer optional. All right. We're, we are walking in days of fulfillment, the great and terrible, great for those who love him and terrible for those who don't, day of the Lord. 
No more half measures, no more double-mindedness, no more just stirring it with a uh, uh, finger, no more lukewarm commitment. It's, you know, we're all in. And our golden text for this has been Matthew 16, 18, reading from the ESV. I tell you, and this is the Caesarean Confession, after Jesus had asked them, who do you say that I am? Standing on the devil's front porch, Bashan, the place where the rabbis believed that the rebellion against God, the, the angelic rebellion against God had taken place. And he says, I tell you, you are Peter, little rock, pebble. And on this boulder, the confession of Jesus Christ as Savior and, and Lord, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the human demonically infested human government will not prevail against it. Boy, I tell you what, it's kind of like watching a movie and you could get real down about the way the bad guy looks like he's winning halfway through it. But when you know the end, amen. And so uh, when you, uh, you know, with, with the things we're seeing today, I'll do just a little bit of recap before we move on, have been, I've got it here in my notes, as promised, and then there's a line through promised, prophesied. Matthew 24, 6 and 7, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. So the war we're seeing today is just the beginning. All right? See to it that you're not alarmed. Everybody say, in through the nose, out through the mouth. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. In other words, people group against people group, race against race. That's nation because that's ethnoi, ethnos. And then kingdom, basileia, meaning country, will rise against country. And there will be what? Famines and earthquakes in various places. Wars and rumors of the same, turmoil, insurrections, strife, conflict, and that's just D.C. <laughs> Lawlessness causes people, when sin caused people to become so self-centered, it causes love to wane, and therefore as love wanes, conflicts will increase. Now let's go over to Revelation chapter 6, and we'll begin reading verse 1. And here we see this unfolding before our very eyes. I don't have to prophesy this. As I said the other night, it's here in the scripture for us. And so we'll, let's just read through it and then we'll back up. Now I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. Now, a lot of people look at that and say, that's the Antichrist. It is not. The Antichrist does not make an appearance until later. It's rider, let's see, when he opened, he meaning the lamb, opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth. Notice that the first guy had a bow and it talked about conquering 
the way it's translated here, but that apparently was not war because this is war. Okay, we'll come back to that. Permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. It's, uh, and it was, he was given a great sword. And when he, when he, the lamb, opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come, and I look, and behold, a black horse. And its rider had a pair of scales, think of balance scales, in uh, his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius. So in other words, just enough wheat to feed a family on a day's wage. All right? And three quarts of barley for a denarius do not harm the oil and the wine. And he opened the fourth seal, and I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I saw, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death. And Hades, or Hell, or Sheol, the way that they would say it, followed after him. And they were given authority over, the, over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. That's pretty heavy stuff right there. I want to come back and look at, I want you to see that we're seeing these things happen right now. Right now. Somebody would say, oh, but pastor, this is after the rapture. Sure about that, are you? Because I see it happening right now. When is the rapture going to be? I don't know. But I mean, pastor, where in the overall scheme of things is it going to be? I don't know. I'm hoping to be out of here before the worst of it hits, and I think we will be, but I'm not in charge. And everybody that's glad I'm not in charge said, <laughs> all right, I want to come back to this. Now, remember, John was writing in Roman times. And he was using symbolism because Facebook and, um, and, 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 and YouTube and other platforms would deplatform him if he, if he didn't use symbolism. There would, because he, so he used symbolism. In other words, this is the thing that's not the thing, but it's the thing that represents the thing. That is the thing. Okay. And so when you, when you look at it, you have to think, get yourself inside the mindset of the day, and he said, a white horse. In Roman culture, to the Romans, the white horse meant victory. It meant, uh, you know, it was, uh, it meant uh, uh, conquest. It meant overcoming. It meant uh, a, the ability to rule and reign. And so when you see that this rider was given, uh, was given a crown, let me see if I want to get to this. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. It was given a crown. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly what we would think of because war does not appear until the very next verse, the red horse. So in other words, we have something happen that causes war to break out. And as a result of the war, the red horse, then comes inflation, black horse. Then comes scarcity. As a result 
of inflation and scarcity comes the pale horse death and famine and conflict. Whenever people are hungry, they do things they would not ordinarily do. And, you know, we're seeing this, we're seeing it right before our very eyes. It's not just, you know, people say, well, this, this stuff with Russia and Ukraine, believe me, while that is exacerbating the situation, it was, we were already headed down the path of shortage, significant shortage, before this happened. And now that's just made it that much uh, more so. And then our country has, re and, and the West has responded to everything by declaring financial war on Russia. And in so doing, even our own president got up and said, well, you know, it's not just going to hurt them, it's going to hurt us too. Well, that's only after so many other people had already said, yeah, this is going to bite, this is going to cut both directions. Then we see that death, it says, notice here, it says it was given, you know, uh, a fourth uh, that they were to inflict suffering and death, famine over a fourth part of the earth. It doesn't say a fourth part of mankind. It doesn't say a fourth part of humanity. It says over one quarter of the earth. So in other words, it's a geographically limited area that is going to suffer. Now, later in the, later in the revelation, the whole earth is uh, made a part of the festivities, you know, and the horrible things that are happening. But here at the beginning, the poorer regions are the ones who are going to suffer the most. In fact, I read uh, uh, yesterday one UN official who is in charge of, of the hunger project and feeding people around the world that are hungry said, we are to the point that we are taking food from hungry people in order to feed starving people. That's pretty bleak. Malnutrition brings immune deficiency and disease. Scarcity of medicines cannot be ignored here. There's like 105 different medicines here in the United States right now that are in very short supply or unavailable because of supply chain issues or some other problem. All right. So what you see here in Revelation 6 is a perfectly logical roadmap, one thing leading to the knock-on effect of the next thing, leading to the knock-on effect of the next thing. And the world order is realigning right before our very eyes. You know, some people say, oh, it's going to be one world. That's not true. Because if it were going to be one world, the kings of the east would not be rebelling against the beast. And the kings of the east wouldn't be coming to do battle with him. The world is bifurcating into two camps. And a lot of people think, you know, when we have, you know, we have uh, declared war on the Russians and people aren't going to haul their oil and all this other kind of stuff, that we're going to beat them into submission. No, we're not. We are not. And don't believe anything you see in the media about the war that's going on over there. Don't believe a word of it. All right? Just, I'm not going to take sides. I'm just going to say that there's a, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of political agendas are being advanced. And 
a couple, let's see, last week, the Russians did something that is a genius move. And that is by making the ruble redeemable for 5,000, you know, they, they, they came out and they said, our oil, our gas, our nickel, our palladium, all of our, our wheat, our foodstuffs will only be available in rubles. We will not accept dollars. We will not accept euros. Rubles only. I think they will take uh, yuan, renminbi. And they affixed a value of the ruble, 5,000 rubles for one gram of gold. The ruble had gone from somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 or 81 down to like 140 almost overnight. And then once they did that almost overnight, it came right back up to where it was. What's going on here? We're seeing a realignment. We're seeing people say, well, they won't be able to sell their stuff to anybody. There, China has agreed. Many of the Shanghai Cooperation Council have, have agreed. India is not on board. Anybody aware of the fact that India is the second most populous nation in the entire earth? And so what we are watching happen is we are watching the U.S. dollar, which has been the reserve currency of the world and the hegemony that was a result of it is failing before our very eyes. They put a floor. Now, yeah, it only goes till the 28th of June, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if they extended it because there's question about whether or not we even have any gold in this nation. We know the Russians have. They've been buying it hand over fist for 10 years. Same with the Chinese. We, we said, well, we got gold in Fort Knox. Do we? It hasn't been audited in five decades. Nothing's been done. You know, I don't know if it's there or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And if, you know, and so if you don't have rubles, we'll take gold. And you think the Saudis and the Kuwaitis and the, and, and the, uh, the UAE, etc., would turn away gold for oil? I don't think so. It's a historic moment as we're watching East and West truly separate. The nations of the world are, in a very real sense, being forced to pick sides. All right? And here's another thing. The Russian, in our infinite wisdom, we, as a nation in the West, have seized Russian assets. We've said, you can't have that. And we won't take your... We won't take any dollar payments from you. You can't use a dollar. You can't use a dollar. And they said, well, okay. And Russian oligarchs with their great big boats. And when I say great big, I mean great big. One guy had one that you could land two helicopters on. And they're being seized in Western ports. You know, and people go, yay, like that. But I'm here to tell you, that when you take another person's property without paying for it, that's theft. You know, and even in the Crimean War, how many of you remember the Crimean War? See, it was being fought about the same time as our Civil War, so we weren't being, we weren't paying a whole lot of attention. Anyway, and I was born right after the Civil War, so I don't remember that. (laughs) But in the Crimean War of the the mid-1800s, it came to the attention of some people that the Russian Empire was paying its payments and debts to UK, well, at the time they would say British, British banks, and British banks were paying their loan obligations to 
uh, other similar financial institutions in the, Russia, in the Russian Empire. And somebody said, why are we paying them? Why are they paying us? We're at war in the Crimea. And a UK, the UK uh, minister who was in charge of it said, civilized nations pay their debts. That's what civilization, civilized nations do. And believe me, already many, many nations who are holding dollars as their reserve currency, etc., are watching what the United States just did and already making plans to move out of dollars because even though they're in favor today, will you love me tomorrow? The minute they do something that's sideways with whoever's in office at the time, how many of you follow me? A lot of people credit Rahm Emanuel with the phrase, never good, let a good crisis go to waste. But the fact is, Winston Churchill was the first person to say that. And we look at this guy, that, this was a ruler, this was somebody who was riding a white horse. Again, we're coming back to Revelation uh, chapter 6 and verse 2. And I looked and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. The word translated conquer means to dominate. It means he came out to exercise superiority. He was given a crown. He was told to rule. We are seeing, this is not war. We are seeing this today. Remember we talked about how that Jesus said over in uh, Luke chapter 21, dismay, Luke 21 and 25 to be exact, dismay among nations and how that word dismay actually can and probably should be translated oppression as people groups are, you know, as, as populations are getting restive. What this is signaling is that the governments of the world are going to become more authoritarian. They are going to become, and the white horse dominance, the crown of the emperor, you have to listen to me, and the bow says, and if you don't, I will force you to. The mark of the beast is not far off. Everybody say amen. And the mark of the beast is more, I don't know if we're going to get something on the, literally something on the back of our hand or, you know, anything. I know I'm not. But what it, it's more symbolism about the way they plan to control people. And we are seeing our own government do everything it can to control us and tell us, you get this or you can't work. You get the jab or you can't, you can't keep your job. Amen. You know, we talked about lies and things of that nature. Boy, the mainstream media has been deployed masterfully. Joseph Goebbels would be proud of our mainstream media. The war rhetoric and the stuff we've been through this last two years, manufacturing crises to gain more and more control. Somebody, you know, and by the way, climate change is more of the same. Make no mistake about it. And so, you know, and decrees from D.C. are compounding the problem. And somebody say, oh, you got to be kidding. Hey, I remember a day when our government was telling us that we couldn't go to church. How about that? And when the government said, this business is not essential. Therefore, these people 
have to close down. How many businesses went out of business as a direct result of that? That's domination. Amen. Revelation 13. Here's the mark. Verses 17 and 18. And he, meaning the, the false prophet actually, provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now here is wisdom. Let him understand uh, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for that is the number of man. And the number is 666. Uh, already, Western governments are seizing assets and telling people, you can't do business. You can't, you know, this isn't yours. You know, and some people, well, that's not the same. Oh, yeah, it is. And the Canadians have already shown the way. If you were part of that trucker's protest against the mass mandates and the vaccine mandates, you got and you gave any money at all to it, 50 bucks, 25 bucks, they froze your bank account. You know that since then, people have been pulling their money out of Canadian banks right and left. And it's also happening here because people said, if the government can do that, I don't want my money where they can get to it. All right. And... Um, uh, Carl sent me a thing today about a Canadian pastor who spent 51 days in jail and was abused for addressing, you know, non-violent, tell, telling the truckers, stand up and, and don't be violent about it. And they even, they've got testimony that guards tried to bribe other prisoners to beat him up. But God showed him great favor. And by the time he got to leave, the inmate, other inmates were saying, please don't leave. Please don't leave. Soon. How many of you have ever heard of Bitcoin? It's a digital currency. And already our government is moving to regulate it because they don't want anything out of their control. And we've already been advised central bank digital currency is coming. And that is, you will, everybody will be given a Fed account, a Fed now or something like that. And you'll be given a card and deposits will be made into that and all that. And you can use that card. I, think, I don't know what they're going to do with the banks. Somehow they'll be involved. But, you know, and our glorious Uncle Sam will know everywhere you've been, everything you've bought, how much you paid for it. And if you think, and the Chinese already have that, and they can tell you if your social credit score is below a certain level, we will shut you down. And you're, you'll not be able to buy a plane ticket. You'll not be able to buy a train ticket. And in fact, if you get outside a certain radius, 20 miles from your home or something like that, your card won't work. Technology is wonderful, isn't it? Amen. They can turn it off as they see fit. You know, the, gov the, um, the, um, um, the uh, Russians have said that the ruble is worth 5,000 rubles to a, to a single Jim, uh, if you could come up here and uh, uh, Carl, if you could come. I've got a gift for everybody. Go hand those out. Just, yeah, hand them out. No, don't keep them for you. You tithed yours to, oh, there you go. So hand those out. 
He gave his wife three. I'll be glad to get off of this and move on to, but this is important. Just hand them down the, the rows and let them, people hand them, you know. Take two, they're small. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. No, Melody, it's not real. <laughs> this is movie money. That's what they call it, movie money. And you'll see the word copy on the back. And on the front, you'll see something that doesn't exist on an actual uh, $100 bill. Now, what I am telling you is this, that the Russians have and, and the Chinese to a certain extent have linked their money to real commodities, gold, oil, things of that nature. What is our money linked to? Nothing. This isn't even money. And even if it was real, it's not money. It is currency. By our constitution, only gold and silver are actually money. And so those paper debt instruments, what an honest man, he handed me hundreds of dollars back. Um, um, only gold and silver are actual money. Everything else is currency. Okay, thank you. You can, you can keep there. Don't, don't try to buy anything at Walmart with that, okay? Just don't even, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I don't want to get anybody in jail. Anyway, um, this is play money. It's movie money. It's, it's not the real thing. But it is worth every bit as much as what you have in your wallet. The only, different, the only thing is the stuff in your wallet is valuable or it can be exchanged for goods and services because our government has decreed fiat by fiat that that is so. And just imagine, and this has been written in Federal Register, this is, that this thing right here was actually a microchip. And so they could track it. You, you think, oh, they, they wouldn't do something like that. Hey, listen, they've already done a whole bunch of stuff I never thought they'd do. So what do we, we need to wake up. We do, we need to wake up. So, what do we do? First, you and I must absolutely, positively, without wavering, believe God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. We have to trust His Word. I think the next series I'm going to do after Easter will be how to follow the Holy Spirit, leading the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God spoke through... Uh, Isaiah the prophet to Ahaz, who was the king of Judah, who was under great threat, telling him, I've got this. But I love Isaiah, the last part of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 9, where he says, if you do not believe, you surely shall not last. And I'm here to tell you, if we don't believe, we will not last. 
we cannot play with this thing anymore. We've got to be serious about it. Uh, if we were, you know, uh, one of the things that, that you know, if, if you're going into combat, you know, you're going to, you know, you're, you've been inducted into the army or the, the Marine Corps or the Navy or the Air Force or something like that. And you know, you're going to go into combat. You know, you're going to be shot at. You know, you're going to, it's going to get, you know, you're going to want to soak up all the training you possibly can. You're going to want to know everything you can to get your skills so that you can navigate what's ahead of you and have every opportunity to stay alive through the thing. How many of you are with me? Well, that is the Word of God. That is the Scripture. Because in here is the plan of God. He will speak to, you know, when it comes right down to it, I love dreams. I've had guidance through dreams. I've had guidance through visions. I've had audible voice a couple of times in my life. But the vast majority of the times that the Lord speaks to me, it is right out of the scripture. And if I don't know what's in the scripture, I am making it difficult for the Lord to speak to me the way he wants to. That's why he tells us to renew our minds by the, you know, to, to, by, the, by the word, all right? Washing of the water of the word. We've got to feed our spirits. We've got to renew our minds. Psalm 37, verses 16 through 19. It is better to be godly and have a little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but Yahweh takes care of the godly. Everybody say amen. amen. You know what? You've got to just read that. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Be like a cow. Just ruminate, ruminate, ruminate. Once in a while during the day, cough it back up and ruminate some more. That's a little literal, Pastor, yeah. How many stomachs do you have? <laughs> All right. We got to believe it. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but Yahweh takes care of the godly. Day after day, Yahweh takes care of the innocent. And they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced. They will not be ashamed in hard times. Even in famine, they will have what? More than enough. Our own president stood up and said himself, food shortages are going to be real. I don't think it's going to be on this side of the earth the way it is on the other side because of the way things are. And you're going to, we're already seeing food riots in different places. We're already seeing governments being toppled because of these things. But I do believe that the food inflation we've seen is going to continue. And it's because of crop failures and numerous things. It's not just, and, uh, not, and, the, and, the, and we've sanctioned the Russians and a great deal of potash and uh, ammonia, you know, the uh, nitri nitrogen uh, uh, fertilizer. And so it's doubled and tripled, fertilizers doubled and tripled and quadrupled in price. Lots of farmers are cutting back on the amount of corn they're going to grow and they're switching to soybeans because it requires less fertilizer. And since corn is used as animal feed, nearly 30 million chickens and turkeys have been slaughtered because of the avian flu that's going through our nation to include Missouri, to include Iowa, Colorado, Nebraska, points east. They think wild ducks land among a bunch of chickens and then carry it somewhere else. 
Psalm 33, verses 18 through 20. Behold, the eye of Yahweh is on those who fear him and, and those who hope for his loving kindness. You know, we talked about, behold, the birds of the field, they neither toil, neither spin, and yet your father feeds them. Here last week, was it last week we had the, it, was, it seems like the, what? The, the memorial. Yeah, it was a, a week ago today. Chris saying, I own the sparrow. Consider the lilies. Okay. <laughs> lilies, sparrows, same thing because they're right there. Consider the lilies, consider the birds of the air. Yeah, yeah. His eyes on the sparrow. He sees the birds. Everybody say, he sees me. To do what? Why is he watching? To thump you good. No, to deliver their soul from death and keep them alive. When? In famine. I have entitled this message, Abundance in Days of Literal Famine. I'm telling you, we're coming to the place and we're coming to the time that we've got to believe this stuff is real because what God said is coming is coming and it's here. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive. Everybody say alive in famine. Our soul waits for Yahweh. He is our help and our shield. Hallelujah. After the Lord really shellacks a very, very lukewarm and casual priesthood in Malachi, it gets toward the end and it says, Then those who feared the Lord, those who feared Yahweh, spoke with one another. Yahweh paid attention. Isn't that what it just said up there in Psalm 33, that his eye is on those who fear him, who revere him, reverence his name? Yahweh paid attention and heard them. And a book, literally a scroll of remembrance, was written before him of those who feared Yahweh and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says Yahweh Sabbat, the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one that does not serve him. Yeah, I look around and I look at all this hellish stuff that is happening around us and it just looks like the future is bleak because those in charge in the, have in, invaded the gates of our government are just making one horrible decision and one horrible appointment after another. But God... Everybody turn and say, I'm really glad things are in, under his control. Who, Lord. All right. And it says, then once more, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. There's another scripture where it says, your righteousness will come forth as light and your judgment as noonday. What is noonday? Bright and shining. And it says over in Deuteronomy 28, he will exalt you above the people round about you. And they will see that you're called by his name. And they shall be in awe. They shall be fearful. The one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. This provision is not just Old Testament. I know I read an Old Testament scripture. But remember, uh, Jesus was about to cross the, in fact, he was crossing the Lake of Galilee. And he told, you know, his disciples when they're going across. 
And it says in Mark chapter 8 and verse 14, they'd forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now what he was saying is, watch out for the teaching of the religious elite. Watch out for the teaching of the government. That's what he meant. And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus said, aware of this, said to them, what are you talking about? What? Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? You know, it's almost as if he, he's saying, let's just say for a minute I was talking about that, which I was not. He says, do you not see or understand do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? That's why we have been discussing these things over the last seven weeks. Things that were painful at, to, to look, at which to look. Things that, were, uh, that are, are depressing to know what we're seeing so we also know that is not God. It's not God's will. It's not God's doing. It's like over in Isaiah. They've appointed leaders, but not for me. And that God has a way through this. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves and the five, for the 5,000, how many baskets of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, well... 12. And when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, well, seven. And he was saying to them, don't you get it? Don't you understand when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets? You know, seven. He said, what? Don't you get it? Food is not a problem, guys. Provision is not a problem. If you will walk with me, God will always have everything you need there, ready to go. Somebody may say, yeah, but I've had times in my life that I didn't get everything I needed. You're still here. <laughs> so something good happened. You may not have gotten something you wanted, and by the way, presidency of the I didn't get what I wanted club is not available to you because I took it. <laughs> I am president of the I didn't get what I wanted club. And I know we will stand before the Lord on that day and say, thank God you didn't give me what I asked for. Amen. The miracles of Jesus feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, are recorded for a reason. Peter, go throw in a... They had a sufficient treasury. Does your master not pay the two drachma tax? You know, and it's, you know, it was the poll tax. It was the tax that Israelites paid for the upkeep of the temple. And they said, does he not pay the tax? And Peter goes, yeah, sure. I think... And he goes to Jesus, and Jesus heard, overheard the conversation. He said, Simon, from whom do the sons of men uh, draw taxes? You know, the people, men draw taxes from their sons or from 
foreigners. And he said, well, I guess foreigners. He said, well, nonetheless, after he'd made his point, they had sufficient means in the treasury that he could have just said, go to tell Judas to give you the necessary money and pay him. But he didn't do that. He said, go down to the lake and throw in a hook. Go fishing, Peter. Do you know anything about fishing, Peter? And take the very first fish that comes up. And in its mouth, you'll find a stator, which would be exactly enough of the, for the poll tax for Jesus and Peter. He said, and give it to them for you and for me. And so there will be times when you could just write a check for something or you could just do something. And the Lord says, that's not what I want you to do. This is life. This is what I want you to do. Somebody might say, but that's, you know, that's, that's doing it the hard way. I've discovered that the Lord doesn't seem to care about that. Anybody here? In fact, let's just get brutally honest. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit say or to, to you or tell you to do something with which you did not agree? I want you to do this. No. I'm not doing it. No, we wouldn't do that. We'd say, shut up, devil. Lord, never tell me that. How many of you with me here? We, you know, it's like everybody wants a testimony, but nobody wants to get one. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Are, are you with me here? It was a Woody Allen said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> That's kind of goofy, but okay. The fact is that we don't want to face hardship. And the Bible never says we will not face hardship. The Bible says God will see us through it. And we say, oh, Lord, guide me by your spirit. But then when he starts guiding us, we go, but that's not what I wanted to do. Amen. We, we, that's, that's what, you know, when you go into the military, that's the first thing they start doing is trying to beat civilian thinking out of you and train you to give you what they call a military mind. And to get you to think the way they think. And to know and respond the way they would have, have us to respond. You know, and you know, it, uh, God says, my ways are, beyond, are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And this is the way I want it done. You know, um, years ago, a recently disgraced comedian got had a, a gag about Noah and how that God was calling Noah and says, why do you want me to do this stuff? And he said, because I'm going to make it rain a thousand days. He said, Lord, make it easy on yourself. Don't make it rain a thousand days. Just make it rain 40 days and 40 nights and wait for the sewer to back up. <laughs> Obviously that person lived in California. The fact is that God has a way of doing things and he knows the way he wants things done. And somebody said, well, why do I need to do it that way? Because when we do it that way, we're actually walking by faith. That's faith. Faith that comes off the lips. I believe this, that, and the other thing. But when it comes time to do it, that's 
real faith. Well, why do I need to walk by faith? Because then God gets pleasure out of us. That's what it says over in Hebrews chapter 11, is that when we walk by faith, we're pleasing to God, and it's about time we pleased him, isn't it? Somebody needs to. Turn to your neighbor and say, might as well be you. Our entire system in the West is financialized. We quit making stuff a long time ago and just started, you know, moving money around from one pot to another. And God is judging our, this system because it is unjust and it is manipulated. In fact, you can go to the Federal Reserve website and look at the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar. It goes back to 1913 when the Federal Reserve Bank was first created. And today we have less than three cents left out of every dollar. In other words, three cents, you know, uh, uh, what we have today, that, you know, that a dollar back then would purchase what? 66 times? Yeah, what it, whatever it is, whatever the math is. Of course, that's not my long suit. And, I'm, I'm, and one of the things that we have to realize is the whole system is beginning to fade. It's beginning to collapse. The king dollar is no longer the dollar. People have been worshiping that dollar and God says, I'm taking that idol down. And debt from this point forward is toxic. Are you hearing me? It's toxic. We have to own real stuff. Whatever is in the bank, whatever is invested, etc. Many times we don't, if our musicians would come, we don't own anything real. We own contracts. And contracts are subject to what they call counterparty risk. In other words, if the party on the other end cannot pay, then whatever that, that contract is only worth whatever they can pay, if anything. Everybody aware of the fact that they changed the law that now the banks can bail in the depositors? And don't think for a minute that the FDIC has enough money if there is a systemic failure. They don't. Nowhere near. In fact, in 2008, they, the FDIC itself said they came within one bank failure of being insolvent. And that's only after they merged banks here and there. You know, got other banks, banks that were in fairly decent shape to buy the bank that was failing. If they had to cover it at all, they couldn't. Human insurance Human plans only go so far. We are coming to a time when people will begin to realize that neither the government nor the bank is the answer. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll close with Proverbs. How many of you read Proverbs 10 this morning? It's the 10th day of the month. Then you read this. What the wicked fears will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. Just savor that for a minute. Just, you know, my mom used to do that. You know something is really, really tastes good when the people bite into it and they don't talk, they make noise. 
You know what I'm saying? They, they go, mmm. Oh, yeah. Mmm. That is good. And, and then, and, and I heard, you know, when I joined the Army, they want you to eat fast in the Army. I mean, they're always on you. Hurry up, hurry up, like this and everything. And by the time they started walking around yelling that, I was done and out of there. Because I didn't eat, I inhaled. I mean, it was, I ate way too fast. And when you eat that fast, I remember my mom saying at one time, my God, Kevin, did you even taste it? <laughs> it's, it's a pity that you sit down to a really, really good meal and you look at it and, it, and in three minutes it's gone. And you say, boy, I think that tasted great. I'm not real sure. Slow down. Savor it. Well, let's do that. What the wicked fears will come upon him. I'm not excited about that. But the desire of the righteous will be granted. Everybody go, mmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm savoring that. The desire of the righteous will be granted. I'm not righteous. You are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You're a doer of the word. You're building your house on the rock. The Lord says, it no matter how scary it looks, you, don't you budge. You stand fast on what I've said to you. Now look at the rest of this. Verse 25. When the whirlwind passes, the whirlwind is used all through the Old Testament in particular as uh, a symbol for judgment. We've sown the wind and we've reaped the whirlwind. When the whirlwind passes, and we're in it now. Guy that had a really good prophetic ministry uh, years ago looked and he saw seven white tornadoes approaching. And he said, white means it's not wicked. This is God. God's going to start rearranging stuff. And he told people, don't be afraid. The things they're tearing up need to be torn up. Because they weren't getting dirty as they were, you know, with the debris and everything. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has what? An everlasting foundation. We must not just talk a good fight. We've got to walk the good fight. We're going to be, we're going to, we're going to go. One of the things that we're attempting to do, let me tell you something. The scripture is good. Preaching of the scripture is good. Teaching of the scripture is good. But if we haven't touched God and kissed his face in worship before that, it, it can very easily become academic. It can very easily become purely academic. When we come to church on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night, we're coming in here to worship God first and then to hear from him. We worship God first. That's the key. And don't be surprised if our worship services start getting longer. The reason for that being is we're going to tarry until we do touch him. We're going to tarry until he do, his glory does manifest. And maybe we'll be here longer. Maybe, you know, you'll get so hungry, you, you know, physically or something like that, you have to go home and finish the, after, you have to go home at noon and then finish the service on the web. I am not encouraging that, by the way. And I'm not prophesying that, by the way. But what I'm saying is, I don't want to just punch the, 
the ticket. I don't want to just check the box. I hunger for God. We had a good worship service this morning. We had, a, we had two excellent prophetic utterances that were encouraging and, 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 and uplifting. Thank God for them. And I'm excited about that. And I'll tell you right now, it's like a guy that got, a, got, got half of the hamburger. I want the rest of it. I want the rest of it. And the fries. And the pie. You know, what hamburger? Fill in your favorite. Amen. Because our God wants that for us. It is in that atmosphere that miracles happen. It is in that atmosphere that revelation People will be standing there. We've got this Gordian knot of a problem that just absolutely cannot be undone. And in just less than a nanosecond, standing in the presence of God, we know exactly what to do. Go throw a hook in the water. Take up the first fish. How many of you follow my drift here? Get it? Drift? What? Never mind. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. God is doing. He's mobilizing. He's moving. We're to charge straight ahead. The walls are down. We stand on the pinnacle. Amen. God will finish what he has started. Those of you watching by web, if you do not know Jesus of Nazareth as your Lord and your Savior, that is the first step into that which I am describing for you. For you, that life, the way in is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Not you should be, not you ought to think about that. He said it is required, it is mandatory that you be born again. For if we do not see, if we're not born again, we will not see the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so I would invite you, if you are not a believer, First of all, thank you for staying all the way to the end today. And second, invite you to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that Jesus is your Son and you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. If you're a believer and you're just kind of casually following Jesus. Get in church. Get in the scripture. Start reading that scripture every single day. Read it out loud. Read from the Old Testament. Read from the Psalms. Read from the New Testament. Read from the Gospels. Read from the Epistles. Take the time out. Make the time to read to meditate in the scriptures and to pray and to spend time. Train your ear to hear the voice of the Lord so that when he speaks, you're not one of those who say, it thundered. You want to hear what he has to say. Our God is awesome. He is, he wants you to walk in his victory. It was designed for you. Jesus came and died walked this earth, showed us the way, and then died for us, rose and went to heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit that we may be equipped.
with power to serve him and walk in victory. I'm not going to settle for pretty good. I want God's best. How about you? Amen. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.